Anin, bonjour, welcome everyone. Welcome to the Sovereign Stories podcast. <laughs> if you've been following us on YouTube and social media, you know this has been a long time coming. Um, if you're new, you've picked the right place to start. Well, so today I'm going to kick off this new podcast series by telling y'all what Sovereign Stories is and why at least we think our topic is so important. Uh, first of all, I'm the researcher, animator, recorder, all that stuff for Sovereign Stories. I go by faith. Um, I'm a graduate student in various STEM areas, but most importantly, at least for the sake of this channel, I'm a tribal member. Um, I have degrees in various American Indian Studies programs, and we'll, we'll talk about what that exactly means. Um, I've done a lot of work in a lot of subjects throughout my career. I've done some speaking on panels at U.S. conventions on human rights, climate conversations, climate change conversations, um, intersections about indigenous rights. Well, sometimes this means meeting with indigenous communities in various countries to publish articles about their struggles, and sometimes it means intervening at World Bank meetings with delegations to press policy changes, and sometimes it means making presentations to athletes in my sports, like in, in hockey or rock climbing, um, to talk about healthy ways to engage our Native American youth in our communities. But I bring this up because in all these arenas, the biggest thing I've found is people do care. They care to know these things. Not everybody, though. I mean, geez, I have stories of people who've emphatically spat at me or threw me out of a building because they didn't like what I had to say. Like, truly, I have those stories. Um, but I believe we have to start somewhere. And that somewhere usually isn't in the middle of a, a highly complex conversation about contemporary Native American issues, um, about their histories or, or cultures. And, and look right there. I just said cultures, plural. Um, I've seen so many Google searches of how, how do you say XYZ in Native American, as if it's a singular language. Like, folks, there are over 570 sovereign tribal nations within the geopolitical boundaries of the U.S. at this moment. Um, granted, some languages are shared, and some are mutually intelligible. Not unlike European nations, you know. And likely the tribal nations that made up Europe in times prior were very similar. Um, my point is, something became incredibly clear to me during this time and all these different conversations, all the work and the energy I would put into these things, is that people do care, many of them do, but they don't really understand what they're caring about. And I feel like there is a gap that never gets bridged that makes it so hard for me to actually do my work, and it gets really tiresome. And it shouldn't be our job to have to change that, but I mean... I guess we got access to tools now to start and we'll do what we can. Um, if you're American and you fall into that boat, it's, it's probably because, honestly, our educational system is so archaic in its content. And I, I don't just mean regarding Native American topics, but it tends to be highly American-centric and pro-nation. I'm, I'm not trying to get political, but that's just the nature of how these curricula were developed over the years. Um, of course, that nature likely was in some way political. I mean... You want everyone for your cause on the same agenda, right? My point is, there's such a need to give people the opportunity to access a different perspective, like a history that isn't always written by the alleged conqueror. History is always a mashup of perspective. I think it's time that we gave more Native perspective a chance and made it accessible for those who are committed to learning about it or simply interested in hearing something different for once. Anyway, so that's how Sovereign Stories was founded in 2017. 
Um, the National Peace Academy is a nonprofit. I worked with for some time and I finally decided to use their platform and just started scripting stuff. And as a result, we have animated videos posted on our YouTube channel, Sovereign Stories. Um, they're used for, I, I confirm they are used at various universities as well as uh, high schools and such schools like that. Um, although you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Some of our handles, however, have had to been spelt Sovereign Stories, where there's a Y in stories instead of an IE, because apparently the original wasn't available. I wasn't going to get picky. Anyway, now I'm trying to get this podcast going to give you something different to engage with and to hopefully have more people interested in learning these topics. Um, I always end my video saying, and share this channel so we can all be on the same page, because I believe that's the trick. That's been the missing piece in my anecdote before people who show up to the table, if they had that piece, I feel like the conversations would be a lot different. I try to have discussions about some deep stuff with people and they'll, they'll be polite and understand some of it, but it, it doesn't really evolve anything. I've worked with climate groups that didn't find my talks important enough to come to. And I think that's a shame. I don't think you can separate some of their work with the exact things I'm talking about, especially the climate people that came to Standing Rock and some of these other places. How do you how do you not find these topics important? Because it's it's literally the law of the land. Um, I think in, in order to do any good work, we need to be on the same page, hence the motto. And so my dream is that this channel could be that one place source where you get the basic ideas. Then I can point you to loads of other great work that's being done out there. So you can explore more topics as you please in more depth or as you need to. So right now, if you took a test, how many answers do you think you can get like how many tribes are today, or at least name 10, 10 of them. Um, name whose traditional land you live on or the nearest reservation to you. Uh, can you define sovereignty? Can you apply to tribes? Can you name some legal cases that redefine the way tribes are treated? Do you know that how the film industry has done stereotypes to natives or why the mascot issue is a much deeper problem than it, what it may appear on the surface? Have you heard about the murdered missing indigenous women or about two-spirited people. That's how we want to educate. Native or not, you're not intrinsically born with this knowledge and these histories. We all want to learn it from somewhere, so why not starting here? So enough about the origin story, but hopefully now you understand why I'm passionate about this work. And now that we've given the intro of Sovereign Stories, we're going to talk about what American Indian Studies is as a topic. Um, some places call it American Indian Studies. Others will call it Native American studies or more broadly indigenous studies. In Canada, they might use Aboriginal or First Nations terms, but we limit ourselves a little bit more to the U.S. for the purpose of the show, at least at this time. Um, so you can get degrees, undergraduate and graduate in American Indian studies or AIS for short. We'll use that one when we're talking about this field. So it's an academic field. Um, it's very interdisciplinary and it covers a lot like history and politics and policy since the conception of America and even before. Um, it looks at how it has impacted tribal nations, various historic discussions, as well as delving into contemporary issues and experiences of Native peoples. Sometimes you explore specific cultures, and some programs might be a little vague, so they might become more like ethnic studies. But in my mind, a genuine AIS program will take the context of history and policy and overlay it with culture, and then argue about its conflicts. It's I find it really fascinating. For example, there are debates about what does true sovereignty look like for a tribe and how should the federal government interact with tribes and what is the best methodology to interact with communities, be you an entity or a person within that community or someone interacting from the outside who is or is not native. It covers 
a lot of anthropology and sociology, and trust me, it can even get into gender studies and politics. Basically, AIS is excellent for picking apart exactly what colonization was, how settlement has impacted ways of life, and how people in the affected communities can cope with that today. Sometimes it begins with the question, what is the true outcome? We, as an individual community, or perhaps um, as indigenous peoples as a whole, impacted by the same policies and system, what what do we want out of this? One cool thing, too, it usually highlights a lot of scholarly work and literature by Native peoples that does not get covered often in our regular educational contexts. We don't see Native authors typically on the curriculum in American public school systems, for example. We don't usually see a lot of this literature by Native peoples, and by Native peoples I mean like real Natives, people enrolled in their tribes and embedded in this stuff, not... Elizabeth Warren, not Rachel Dolezal, or some, not somebody with an unsubstantiated claim who has never been a part of a tribal community, truly. Um, but those are definitely upcoming discussions. AIS is also largely defined in the indigenous world by Elizabeth Cooklin. Her name may not sound stereotypically Indian to you, but she, um, born in 1930, is a Crow Creek, Dakota scholar who laid a lot of academic foundation for the programs cropping up in schools from Arizona State University to University of Minnesota and all over. Um, she thinks two concepts like really lay out what is indigenous studies. And one of them is the question of indigenousness. Um, so looking at culture, geography, and philosophy, or in a sense, really, it's like intrinsic identity or the essence of being individually, communally. Then there is the idea of sovereignty and that's not only legally defined, but it comes with a historic context. So a lot of AIS is analyzing the arc of what sovereignty was defined as originally versus how it subsequently is treated in court cases or just how politicians or the general public perceive it. And trust me, they, they generally don't perceive it very well um, or even know that it exists. When it comes to AIS, you get some people that insist decolonization or basically land back, take it back, remove settlers. And that's one extreme view. As a theory, it's not incorrect. I mean, what would it truly look like to decolonize a space? Um, physically, socially, economically, politically, all these other things. It could take the extreme measures in theory and in principle, um, but it could also be a more self-reflecting stream of thought, such as how can my tribal community change the way it thinks? You know, we've got a diabetes problem here and people around us might, might point at us who don't know us and in, in our history they might they might say we're just fat and lazy and poor or something they don't know the historical dependency on commodities on completely new foods our bodies couldn't accept that even the american people can't rely on well without disease and they don't know how limited access to produce is or how forced removal and land seizure destroyed our food systems we had for so long so what can we as a community do to start reversing our dependency? How can we get healthy again? Relearn how we used to live? That kind of stuff. And of course, you still get the professor who throws out the controversial question and asks you to seriously find an answer. Is sovereignty good? Or should we assimilate? What are the pros and what are the cons? A lot of AIS is about political autonomy, about saving languages and about refusing to let the colonization project that has occurred, not letting it completely win, not letting it steal identity because assimilation was the goal for so many years and arguably it still is. And probably a lot of Americans weren't or aren't aware of the complexities of it. 
maybe you heard the controversial question and also thought, yeah, why not just assimilate? Why insist on political autonomy? Well, (laughs) I'm hoping you keep listening to my podcast. I'm super excited to get you thinking about these topics the way other indigenous scholars are thinking about it. I'm also hoping you'll learn a heck of a lot more than you know before, perhaps even about yourself. Um, Well, I've rambled on quite a bit. I don't mean to drag this on. So I think I'll wrap it up now. Um, I'm aiming for weekly podcasts if it's not too ambitious. For episode two, we're going to look to follow quite a bit of the YouTube channel's discourse. So we'll do an episode talking about tribal nations and Native Americans today. Uh, Sort of set the landscape like how many there are, who they are, just an overview to warm us up for that tricky political stuff that will really lay the foundation for future conversations on contemporary issues. And it's going to be a lot to go through because it's a lot of stuff. (laughs) If you haven't already found us on YouTube, please do as well as the social media mentioned earlier. Um, Finally, if you support this work, I pay out of pocket for all my time and the subscriptions I have to maintain to produce this stuff. Um, I'm completely new to Patreon, Um, but you have the option to support me there in any way you can. You can just go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. Look up in the upper right bar to search for creators and enter Sovereign Stories. Our profile should come up and then you just follow the prompts. It really does help, especially in these times and if you are able. But well, as always... (laughs) Be sure to subscribe, provide feedback or requests, and share the channel so we can all be on the same page. Miigwech.